them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them, and neither will these words I have given you. They will be in your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children forever. Amen. I, the Lord, Amen. have spoken. Amen. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. Yes. He is the faithful God yes. who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations yes. and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Amen. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Yes. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. He always stands by his covenant. The commitment that he made to a thousand generations. He is the Lord and he reigns. He is the Lord and he Worship the Lord who Thanks for your love. We bless. 
than a brother. So while we worship you for your magnificence and your greatness and your omnipotence and your holiness, we worship you also because you are the God who really loves us. We thank you and give you praise for this. We thank you, Jesus. I've got a friend. Closer than a brother, there is no judgment. Oh, how he loves me. I've got a friend, and he is my strength. He is my portion. With me in the valley, with me in the fire. Well, we need to confess that again. I've got a friend. I've got a friend. He's closer than a brother. There is no judgment. Oh, how he loves me. I've got a friend. And he is my
There's no more Christ 
We're going to transition into doing um, a song that you've probably never heard before. Um, this is a song that I wrote. Um, my name is Kendall. I'm, I'm Pastor Tim and Pastor Kim's daughter. Um, but we're going to be doing this song. It's called Sons and Daughters. Um, this song was really birthed out of a time um, in worship when um, just there was intercession breaking out in this worship service. And, and the Holy Spirit just started moving on, on the theme of prodigals coming home. And um, it just people believing for their loved ones, people believing for their friends to come back to the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is drawing people. The Lord is drawing people back to himself. I know, I know this is a theme of what God's doing even here and just in the body of Christ in general. Um, but we were just crying out, sons and daughters, won't you come? Sons and daughters, won't you come? Because the Father is drawing people back to himself. And so um, we're going to sing the song. We're going to declare it. Like I said, it's a song of intercession, but it's also prophetic declaration. We're going to believe that if you're believing for someone today, we're going to believe that something is going to shift in the spirit realm as we prophesy this song. If you're believing for someone today, connect with this. Start to believe and declare it yourself. If you're believing for somebody today, let's just believe today is the day of salvation. And if you're in the room, maybe you've been far off from the Lord. The Lord is calling you by name. The Lord is calling you by name. You're not just in this room by accident, but we believe that God is drawing people even right now. So Holy Spirit, won't you come? Won't you come draw your sons and daughters back unto yourself? Oh, we believe that today, Jesus, Calling home sons and daughters. This is an invitation. My love is calling you by name. 
are too far gone. The Father's waiting for you with open arms. So come be made new again. Well, there's a spot at the table for you.
and prodigals coming home. We prophesy a movement of repentance and reconcile. Yes. Oh, we prophesy freedom and deliverance. Prodigals are coming home. Sing it again. Prophesy healing and restoration. Families reunited. We prophesy chains of addiction broken. And prodigals coming home. We prophesy a movement of repentance. Roman reconciliation. We prophesy freedom and Oh, sons and daughters, sons and daughters, won't you, won't you come, won't you come today? Sons and daughters, won't you, come on, he's doing a new thing, he's pouring out new wine, cause he's pouring out Prophesy healing and restoration. Oh, families reunite. We prophesy chains of addition broken. And prodigals coming home. We prophesy a movement of repentance and reconciliation. Oh, we prophesy freedom and deliverance. Prodigals coming home. We prophesy healing and restoration. Families reunited, we prophesy chains of addiction broken. Chronicles coming home, we prophesy a movement of repentance and reconciliation. We prophesy freedom and deliverance. Chronicles of sons and daughters, sons and daughters, won't you? It's fun. 
enough. The blood of Jesus is enough. You're never too far gone. You're never too far gone. He's calling out, he's calling out by name today. just stay there for a few minutes just lift up the name of Jesus Just thank you for grace right now. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Grace that saves. Grace that gives us strength. Lord, we praise you, God. Come on, sing this. Let it rain, you know this. The sound Come on. that saved a wretch like me. I once was open oh, now. Many dangers. 
Amazing Grace, sing that out. Come on, it's not just a song, it's the strength to make it through. Saved a wretch like me. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we need him. 
We need him every day. Come on, I need your grace, Lord. I need your grace. Your Just let your voice cry out to him. Tell him how much you need him. Come on, none of us have arrived. We're all a hot mess. We need him every day. Lord, I need you, God. I need you, Lord. God, I need you in my life, Lord. Can't live without you, Jesus. I need you, I need you, Lord. I need you, God. Can't make it without you, Jesus. you Jesus can't face tomorrow without you Jesus can't do it Lord I won't do it without you Jesus I won't do it without you Jesus Lord I need you Lord I need you Jesus there's no one like you
Satisfied. Come on, tell him again, Lord, there is none.
real easy until you have to do it. Anybody else ever have to exercise things like that? Alrighty. I'm assuming my wife had to step up because our daughter Kendall is from Philadelphia. She's a worship leader at New Destiny Christian Center up there. And uh, she came down and brought this little rug rat named Levi, her son. <laughs> so that little curly-headed rug rat right there. So he's been entertaining Mimi and Papa. Kim, you want to come up here? And uh, I haven't started on your, uh, your list of things to do since you're familiar with it. Y'all give Kim some love while she's coming up. everybody. Sorry I was with the baby back there. It's good to see everybody. We're so glad that you're here at Northview this morning. It's so good to see all our faith family. We want to give our, our um, online congregation a big welcome this morning, so let's do that, yes. 
If this is your first time with us today, if you'll look in your bulletin, there's a form that says first time here. It's perforated and it just tears right off. We ask that you fill that out and as you leave today, go into the foyer, turn to your right, there's a welcome center. If you will take that to the welcome center, we have a care team ministry that will be there to pray for you, talk to you, give you a gift bag. So please make sure that you do that. We would love to have you be involved in that. Also, tonight we have corporate prayer at 6, so y'all come and join us. We have a wonderful time of prayer and worship and praise together, so we want you to come out and join us with that. Next Sunday is our FTA luncheon, first-time attenders. So if you've been coming here for a little bit, you haven't been involved in a first-time attenders luncheon, if you've been here the last three or four months, we want to invite you to join us. It's a great time. You don't have to bring any food. The food's there for you, and you get to meet a lot of the leaders, so we hope that you will um, come, we can show you ways to get involved if you're interested, so we want you to come and be a part of that also. And on Wednesday night, April 5th, we will be having a membership class. Some of you have been asking about that, so we will have a membership class on Wednesday night, April 5th, so we encourage you to come be a part of that. If you would like to be a member here at Northview, we would love to have you. So who's ready to give this morning? Kinda, a little bit. Who's ready to give this morning? Yes. We know here at Northview, giving is just as much a part of the ministry as anything that we've experienced so far. Amen? And we believe in giving. So if you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward, and if you'll raise your hand, they will give you one. So if you need a tithing envelope, you can give one of those now. Uh, we also have on the screen, if you'll notice the screen, there's many ways to give. We give you many opportunities to give here at Northview. And we thank you so much for all of you that give online. We have quite a few people that give online now. We know how convenient that is. So we thank you so much for all your giving, whether you give online, here in service, or however you give, we appreciate it. So our ushers can come forward. What is next month? Who knows what big holiday we're celebrating next month? Easter. Say that again. What holiday? Easter. Resurrection Sunday. Yes. And you know here at Northview, we give a resurrection seed offering every Easter. So this year, what we say is not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. So we ask that you pray and you ask God what you would give that Easter Sunday for Resurrection Day. What can you give? What's the best gift that God will lay on your heart? Now, if it's a lot bigger than what you expect or what you think you can give, that's probably what you should be striving to give. Amen? Because he'll always give us a bigger amount because he wants us to trust him for it. This year, our offering is going for expansion. We're excited about what God's doing here at Northview. We're looking to buy some land, and we're looking to expand, so y'all get excited about that. Y'all know this is just, yes, yes. <clears throat> y'all know this is just prophecy coming forth, right? Many, 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 many years of prophecy coming forth, and so we are so excited about what God is doing here. So if you'll stand, we're going to prepare ourselves to give, and we're going to have some special music. Y'all can give. <laughs>
make our confessions over the offering today. Job twenty two twenty eight says, Decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Proverbs thirteen two, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his lips. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Speak these things over and over and over, and you will make it well with yourself. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Look at your neighbor say, speak the right things. So we have these confessions that line up with the blessings of the word of God. So as we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, Gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessings increase. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. I'm going to invite Mr. Luke McKenzie. You can be seated. I'm going to invite Luke up here. While he's coming, let me just say something to you. Uh, how many of y'all know when it comes to money, I spend it? But I don't just spend it, I invest it. For example, about three weeks ago, I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Northview needs to increase its missions giving. So we had a board of directors meeting this past Thursday night. And I walked in that meeting, and on the agenda, I told them what the Lord had said. So we had some existing missionaries who had retired, which means we were not going to be given to them. So we were ended up with some empty slots. So that's that the church, not just you, that's who the church gives money to, guaranteed out of the budget every month. So we have... Now, eight missionaries, and where the church used to give them $110 per month, we have upped that to $150 per month to the tune of $1,200 more per month that we're giving into missions. Why? Because we believe in missions and our missionaries. But can I tell you a testimony? So we had debated and discussed and prayerfully considered what to do and we made the final decision and I don't know how it happened but it's like the Holy Spirit hit me sitting at the head of that table and those of you that are in here can test that, that were in there can testify I threw my hands up and I said let's pray over this and I'm going to tell y'all what I kid you not the Holy Spirit came in that room we began to weep and pray in the spirit, praying for the missionaries, praying for the advancement of the kingdom. I'm talking, y'all, I was a mess 
that when I started coming down off of that, I had to ask the, the board to excuse me for a minute so I could go out in the hallway and gain my composure. So I got out there and leaned my head against the wall and wave number two hit me out in the hallway. But folks, I'm gonna tell you right now, God is looking not how much you give, he's looking will you be obedient to what he says to do. Amen. Amen. One of the things a few months back, last year, the Lord, uh, I'd been talking. Come on up here, man. I've been coming up talking to Luke. Luke said, I didn't know when. I've been talking to Luke and Rick Freeman and, and their wives and some more folks about doing a financial peace university class. And, and uh, so me and Luke started looking into it. And it was to get the site license was going to be a sizable investment. Notice I said investment. I don't believe in expenditures. I believe in investing. When you invest, it comes back. When you have an expenditure, that's it, one and done. We invested a substantial amount to get this site license for the Financial Peace University class, and Luke agreed to head that up. So uh, y'all show Luke some love. He's going to give y'all an update. Yeah, uh, coming up here to do this, I had a bunch of notes, which I won't even use. Uh, I know, I'm no pastor, but I know uh, pastor, pastoral staff can attest that when you're in worship service like this, what you think you're going to say, changes before you get up here so uh and i'm i can't play the sax like tommy i'm not a pastor like michael i mean a pastor like pastor tim or pastor michael uh, I'm, I'm real close with pastor michael uh, i love him and uh but anyway uh financial peace yeah I, I reached out to pastor tim some time ago i didn't want to do it i'm gonna be honest i love finances uh i talked to brother ricky about it shout out to ricky thanks for your help and coordinating the class uh I've been talking to him about it since before COVID, I mean, three or four years ago, and uh, I love personal finance, love it with a passion. It is my passion. Uh, you know, God, I'll, I'll, you, it's, it's funny, sometimes our passion and our purpose are intertwined and we don't even know it. And uh, anyway, uh, I knew I was supposed to do this whenever me and Pastor met after he came here. He kind of casually mentioned that we were over lunch, uh, having lunch, talking about me getting to know each other or whatever. And uh, he just kind of mentioned it, and I thought, you know, I, I need to do this, but I don't, I'm a planner, I'm a big planner. I said, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, where are we gonna do it? Who's it gonna be open to? How many people are gonna come? Is it for just Northview? Is it for people outside of Northview? What time, what day? Are we gonna have childcare? Do we feed them? <laughs> so it's just, you know, I, I wanna be, I'm, I'm a control junkie when it comes to something that, you know, I'm, I'm putting my name on. And uh, anyway, I reached out to him and I just said, look, I'm your guy, I'll do it. And I felt this immense peace. It was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because all the rest of that stuff's details. That had nothing to do with the decision to, to lead it, to head it up, to invest time and effort. Uh, anybody who knows who teaches, you learn more when you teach. You, you, you learn it even yourself. So, uh, and I love it, so I, you know, it's, it was a no-brainer. Uh, but anyway, we had a great class. Uh, First of all, anybody that's in here, if you uh, were up here in my posi position, standing up here with this microphone in your hand, would you be nervous or scared? Or <laughs> just put your hand up. Yeah, I see your hand. Jennifer, you better put your hand up. Where but, uh, you know, the pastor said something the other night. I didn't know I'd be saying this, but the pastor said something the other night in men's class about comfort zone. I love finances. I'm confident in my finances. I know how to talk about it. I love talking about it. But stepping out and leading a class was outside of my comfort zone. Standing up here is outside my comfort zone. 
But that's where you grow. That's that's what you've got to do to grow. And if you want to grow in the Lord, you've got to start where you are with what you got and do what you can. Uh, bloom where you're planted. And uh, anyway, I'm a numbers junkie, so I can remember the numbers, so I won't even pull out the notes. But we had a... Uh, Speaking of which, if you were if you came to one class of financial peace, or you came to all of them, if you would stand for me. And uh, Woo! Yeah, right. we had a uh, we had 18 total graduates that graduated. We had some couples, we had some singles, uh, some yo- younger than me and older than me. I know I don't look like you know, I'm middle aged, but I'm right there in the middle. But uh. We had 18 total graduates, which was great. We had uh, over 20 credit cards cut up or Ooh, you know, wow. destroyed. We had a total of uh, $18,375 put in emergency savings. And last but not least, we had uh, $50,364 paid off in non-mortgage debt. So, We'll be offering this class again soon. I don't know when. Pastor mentioned we got a site license. The, the investment requires it. Well, not requires us, but we want to keep the investment fruitful and keep having the class. So uh, be looking out for a, you know announcement on that as far as when the date will be. Uh, I encourage you to sign up. You know, our finances really are a reflection of our habits more so than our education. So if we can, if we can fine-tune our habits according to the way God wants us to handle money, it can make a lot of difference with the same amount of money. So I'm done if you uh, want to take this thing from me. Appreciate that. Boy, when he sent me those numbers the other week, after last week after they had their final class, and, and I saw those numbers, especially that non-mortgage debt paid off in nine weeks, y'all. Nine weeks, over 50 thousand dollars of non-mortgage debt paid off because those folks were applying the principles that Dave Ramsey teaches in FPU. I don't know about anybody else, man, but that that just that just excited me. Amen. Because I know what it's like to have been in times past under that burden and that taskmaster of debt. I also know how good it is to be free from it. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a praise in here. All right, so next week, you don't want to miss next week. We got, we're going to have about two big announcements we're going to make about by next week, okay? So you don't want to miss that. And uh, some of you may know it already. Some of you may say, <gasps> suck the air out of the room. But next week, you don't want to miss it. Two big announcements. I also want to mention something else. Uh, the Lord laid something on my heart years ago coming into springtime. How many of y'all ever heard of spring cleaning? Yeah, how many of y'all husbands, your wives had you busy? Harry, son. <laughs> All right, so the Lord laid something on my heart years ago, a spiritual spring cleaning. So what we're going to do somewhere in the next few weeks is we're going to schedule appointments with folks, and we're going to have teams two by two to come to go to houses. We'll give you an opportunity to sign up in a time slot, a day of the week, day of the month that will be better for you. And we're going to have folks come into your house, pray in your house, partake communion with you in your house, anoint the, the door of your home, and just proclaim the blessings of God and command anything of the enemy to leave, clean out your home spiritually. All right? 
So Pastor Carlos, get ready. Me and you gonna hit the road and go do some houses, all right? And we're gonna, I know it's a lot of people. There's no way that we can have one or two folks getting all those. So we're gonna have some of our elders. We're gonna get them incorporated in that as well. So uh, let's get ready for it, all right? How many of y'all excited about it? Anybody besides me? All right, before we move on, if you're able, I want you to stand. I want you to take a deep breath. I need to hear the men up in here, all right? Men, you are the spiritual head of your house. Your voice carries authority. Your wives are precious and anointed, but you have been given a special anointing of leadership and authority by the covenant of God. So if you would, everybody with me. church can be dismissed since we forgot to let the kids go out and all of the, uh, the confusion of Levi taking over Mimi's life. All right, hashtag today if you want to pull your smart device out, your phone or your tablet, social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, go ahead and put the hashtag drunk again. I know I talked about this last week, but I didn't get through with it and the Lord has still been talking to me on it. All right, so go ahead and do that. Hit the location for Northview Harvest Ministries on there. And uh, I want to, to begin to talk with you some more about Heaven's Flow. The new wine, the new oil, and the new wine. The new oil and the new wine. Just a few weeks ago, Pastor Michael Hunt preached to us and he said that new wine is coming to your house. A lot of people embrace that. And I'm glad you did because the Lord had been speaking that to me as, for weeks as well as I showed you last week when I was sending him screenshots, uh, or excuse me, taking pictures on my phone of my personal journal when the Lord had been dealing with me on these issues. Look at your neighbor say, God is sending new oil and new wine. New oil and new wine. The oil the anointing, the smearing, the residue of the Holy Spirit, folks, is external. When we get to it on down the line, I will address this a little deeper. The new wine, the intoxicating, motivating presence and power of the Holy Spirit is internal. Jesus told a story or made an analogy when talking to some men. He said that you cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. Because when wine begins to ferment, now I've spent about weeks now studying wine. I think I'm gonna make some. That was a joke, okay? But wine is an interesting thing. Did you know that red wine is not actually made from the grape or the juice? It's really made from the whole, the flesh of the skin of the grape? Because the red grape doesn't really have flavor. The flavor of the red wine comes from the skin of the grape. The white grape, nonetheless, the juice produces its own wine. And here's another thing. The grape, the skin of the grape is so thick that there are natural yeasts that grow in grape orchards, but they can't get through the thickness of the grape's skin to get inside to cause the grape to begin to ferment on the vine.
I'm going I'm to dig that out a little more down the line. But check this out. When that wine begins fermenting, the yeast begins to give off carbon dioxide, which is a gas, which gas causes things to expand. So if you were to put wine in this thing, new wine, and it's just beginning the fermentation process, you wouldn't end up with just a full bladder or what do you call it, Jim? Bota? Okay, whatever that Spanish word is. Y'all Spanish people can help me out, okay? Bota? Yeah, what they said. Say it out loud one more time. It's the Spanish word for bottle, okay? But here's the thing. If this thing gets old and it gets rigid and it won't flex, guess what happens when, when that grape juice in there starts giving off gas and fermenting, it starts expanding, expanding, expanding. If you blow a balloon up too high, too big, too round, what happens eventually to the balloon? Poop, it's gonna pop. And Jesus said that's exactly what happens when you put new wine into old wine skins. But what they would do, here's the thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach a sermon later, it's called not one and done. When they had wineskins, they didn't go to all that trouble to make wineskins and use it just one time and then throw it away. You know what they would do is they would take oil and they would continually rub it into the leather and keep that leather soft and pliable so whenever they put a new batch of wine in there, that, that thing could begin to expand again. And folks, that's what the new oil does to us. Now, if anybody remembers Psalm 23, does anybody remember that? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou Say it again. He anoints your foot with oil. He anoints your hands with oil. He anoints your shoulders with oil. Why does he anoint with oil? He anoints your head with oil. If the winemaker's going to anoint the, the bottle to be flexible, to be able to wrap around and contain the new wine, let me go ahead and tell you right now, you better go ahead and get this. The Holy Spirit is anointing our minds so we can comprehend and grasp what the Lord is saying in the earth today. Because what he did 500 years ago, he's not gonna do it the same way anymore. What he did five days ago, he's not gonna do it like that anymore. Probably not, let me say that. But let me tell you something. When he begins doing something fresh and something new, he's gonna look for people who he has anointed their minds, that their minds have been renewed, that when we see God doing something, we can say, hey, that's God. I don't understand it, but Lord, help me wrap my mind around it. Look at somebody and say, the Lord will help you wrap your mind around it. I used to get in trouble in Bible college all the time. All the time. All the time, Tracy. Poor old Dr. Benson, the president at Holmes Bible College, he used to look at me sometimes and he'd go, he was from South Africa and he had these jaws kind of like a bulldog. You know, they kind of hung down on the side. And you know, if, when a bulldog slings his head, the jaws go back and forth. Dr. Benson would look at me and he'd go, Ugh. and to me that was funny. 
And I tried not to laugh because I was trying to be respectful. But at the same time, I used to have this recurring question, why? Because Holmes was one of the oldest Pentecostal, existing Pentecostal uh, Bible colleges in America, founded in 1898. It had been been a foundational stone in a whole lot of ministers' lives and denominations. But they had this thing that they wanted to keep doing stuff like they did in 1930, 1940, 1950, and I would be sitting there asking why. Why do we have to do it that way? Well, that's the way it's always been done. Well, I'm a postmodern thinker. That's not good enough for me. If it's not producing, if God's not breathing on it anymore, if the cloud has moved, why are we still doing something that is futile and unproductive and is not impacting and changing lives? So you need to be able to answer these two questions, folks. And I'm about to go through about quite a few verses of scripture. I am cognizant of the time, but I'm gonna use the Bible because can I go ahead and tell you, the Bible, this is our absolute authority right here. Not my opinion of it, not your opinion of it, not our uh, bishop's dependent of it, opinion of it, not our denomination's opinion of it, but we need to understand what does the book say? I need the youth group to shout that out to these other folk in the room. Would y'all shout that out? What does the book say? I believe that was weak. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, youth group. Ask them, what does the book say? What does the book say? Thank you, Isaiah. That's a way to lead them out right there. So we need to be able to answer the question, why and who said So I'm going to tell you right now, anything Tim Hodge preaches from the pulpit, I'm going to be able to show you a scripture that will prove to you why I'm preaching that because this right here is the foundation of everything else that we've got to do. It is the word of God. It is inerrant. It is infallible. And it is the final authority. Can I get a witness in this room today? Why? Who said? Because the Bible says. That's why we're doing it. Follow with me. The former treatise... So the former account I made, O Theophilus, sorry, I was quoting from the wrong verse, version. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse three says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering, dying on the cross, And many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, that's after he rose again from the dead. So everything right here that I'm about to read to you, why, who said, my authority is coming from the one who rose from the dead. Now, I don't know about you, I'm gonna go with him. Come on, somebody give the Lord a praise in this room. Would you do that? And being assembled together with them, he, that is Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now look at this, verse five. John truly baptized with water, 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now get this picture. John baptized with water. John is a man that he's a wild man, right? Does anybody remember anything about John the Baptist? He ate locusts and wild honey. He wore camel skin clothes. His hair was probably atrocious. May have been in dreads. Who knows? Kind of reminds me of somebody else had dreads around here, doesn't it? But he probably had all this stuff. But could you imagine John the Baptist standing out there preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand? Could you imagine somebody walking up to him in the Jordan River and he just reaches his hand in there and gets a spot of water on it and touches him and say, you're baptized. No, man, that dude's hardcore. I can see him grabbing somebody by the throat, picking them up in the air and wham! Can you see that? So when John baptized people, he didn't do a little dab, do you? He took them down under. And when Jesus said, as John baptized you with water, you're about to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. When you go down in the water, you are totally covered. When you go down in the Spirit, you are totally covered. And I want the Church of America today. I need Northview Harvest Ministries, everybody in the building, everybody watching this online, I need you to understand this. God still wants to baptize you with water. There's a sign-up sheet for the new members class and the baptism service that is coming up later uh, in a few weeks. But let me tell you something. As much as we're gonna be baptizing people with water, it's amazing we hadn't been baptizing anybody in the Holy Ghost. And we need folks baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, somebody. Last week, I started this series, and I told you the title of the message was Drunk Again. So this is Drunk Again, part two. So last week when we were finished and people were around the altar, I looked over and, and uh, Allison Warren was sitting over there somewhere about where uh, the Chavises are. Raise your hand, raise your hand, yeah, them. She was sitting about right there after service was over. She was just a balling. I just figured the Lord was doing something, dealing with her on something. And uh, every time I walk through, she's still sitting there bawling, 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 bawling. So finally, I go back to my office, just about everybody's left, and when my wife finally comes back, she said, Beth, had to take Allison home. You know why? Because Allison was drunk in the spirit and could not drive. And friends don't let friends drive drunk. Now you can say, Pastor Tim, what in the world is that? Well, let me tell you something. If you hadn't experienced it yet, hold on. You're about to come up to the Lord's bar and take a big drink, and I want everybody to be drunk as a skunk in the Holy Ghost. I better move on right here before I scare people, all right? Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you now at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know times or seasons, uh, which the Father has put in his own authority. Now look what he says in verse eight. But you shall, somebody shout, shall. <laughs> Not the potential will be there. Not the probability will be there. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Look at somebody and say, he's still falling. 
not falling down. He's still coming down out of heaven and hovering over people and he's still coming over people and the power of the Holy Spirit is still real. Can you imagine, folks, the book of Romans tells us that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in your mortal bodies? Come on, somebody. See, that's why I started back. Why? Who said? Why? Because the Bible said so. That's my authority. So that's why I took you in Acts chapter one all the way back to Jesus raising, rising again from the dead. That same spirit that came into that tomb and raised that dead, three day dead body up that is the same spirit of God that rests upon you today. And I'm gonna tell you what, folks, if you will let him move in and through your life, if you will be sensitive to his direction and be sensitive to his guidance, I'm telling you right now, you have not seen anything yet. Why? Who said? Jesus said. And if he's the one that rose from the dead, I'm gonna take his word for it. Acts chapter two, verses one through four. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everybody say ruach. That is the Hebrew word for wind, breath, and spirit. It is the word for the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. In the book of Genesis chapter one, that the spirit hovered over the shadow, of the, the shadow of the deep, the void of earth, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Everybody say the wind of God. Let's say it one more time, the Ruach. Now you gotta channel your inner Klingon, okay? For those of you who've been watching Star Trek, you gotta, you gotta do that. I'm serious, it's Hebrew, you gotta do that. Ruach. Look at somebody and say, Ruach. <laughs> Look at them and say it without laughing. <laughs> Folks, listen to me. The wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus made that lifeless shell of Adam, he leaned over and he breathed into his nostrils, nostrils the breath of life, the ruach came into that lifeless shell. People, let me tell you something. Today, I don't care what your circumstances are. If you will let the wind of God blow, if you let the breath of God blow, I'm telling you, the ruach can still turn situations around. Can I get a witness from anybody who knows what I'm talking about today? So get this, and there came a sound from heaven, the Ruach, as of a rushing, mighty wind. So somebody say, that ain't a little dab of do you right there, people. Come on, this was not a little dab of do you. He came in in full force like a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. And they were all filled. They were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak 
with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse five, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, I don't know if it's the wind they heard or the tongues they heard or both, but they heard this sound. The multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? This is not their normal language. Now last week I gave you this and I'm giving it to you again. I've expanded it a little bit. I need you to really get this in your spirit, folks. God is doing something fresh and new in the earth. Can I get a witness on that? It's time to get away from amusement and entertainment and get back to amazement and marveling in the church. Since around uh, the middle or first of December last year, the Lord began speaking with me, speaking to me concerning canned Christianity. Everybody say it, canned Christianity. Some of you have heard me mention it in preaching from time to time. I've used it in social media. Canned Christianity is man-made and man-centered. Relying on catchy schemes, marketing and entertaining an audience instead of fostering disciples of Christ and manifesting the holy presence of God who transforms lives. Can Christianity is comprised of man-made modifications of true Christianity. It is a watered down Kool-Aid version of Christianity. Can Christianity incorporates cheap grace and caters to narcissistic religious followers. What is that? That's people that just want to be blessed. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. They don't ever want to be a blessing. They just come to get a blessing. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if you didn't come to be a blessing, somewhere you're gonna wring the water out of that rag. God didn't just come to bless you. Yes, he wants you blessed, but he wants to use you to be a blessing. Look at somebody said, that preacher's telling some truth up in here. Can Christianity is man-centered, Burger King church. The majority of what America deems as Christianity is actually canned Christianity. Now let's look at what the real thing is. Let's talk about organic Christianity. Organic Christianity functions in the raw and untamed power of the Spirit of God. Can I get anybody in this room that would confess with me today, I want the raw and untamed power of the Spirit of God. It does not fit the confines of man-made orthodoxy. What is orthodoxy? Orthodoxy, I consider the box that man has made that he fits God in and we expect God to stay inside that box. But folks, let me go ahead and testify to you today. God cannot be put in a box and if you try to put him in one, he's gonna blow your box 
up. I'm going to tell you right now. And I want him to blow any box I try to put him in up because I want the God, I want the Holy Spirit to have free reign. I want him to come in and breathe on everything that we do because when he breathes, he brings life. When he breathes, he brings breakthrough. When he hovers over something, something comes out of nothing. Somebody give him a praise if you believe that today. It does not fit in the confines of man-made orthodoxy. It is the Holy Spirit blowing in and doing what he wants to do in the body of Christ, the real church, surrender to him in radical obedience. Everybody say radical obedience. How many of you ever heard somebody called a radical? Have you ever looked up the word radical though? Hold on, I'm about to mess some folk up. If you haven't looked up, get out. Dictionary.com app. Is that thunder? Hallelujah. See, y'all don't want to leave now. It's raining. I can preach till the rain stops. Send it on down, Lord. Send it on down. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, radical. Lots of times when we hear some radical, we think of some Islamic terrorist that's going crazy out there. But if you look up the word radical, it literally is defined as grassroots or getting back to the foundational elements of something. So when we say I want to be a radical Christian, you know what I'm doing? What I'm saying is I want to get back to the foundational truths of this right here. I want to get back to what God did in the early church. I don't care what we've done. I don't care what we've seen. Because folks, let me tell you something. Most of what we've seen in the last 50 years has been nothing but canned Christianity and it's tapped out. We got to get back to the raw source of everything that we are and that comes out of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. This is the true Christianity where the people of God are led by the Spirit. Every believer functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit and operating in the gifts he gives. Mm-hmm. Organic Christianity is Christocentric. That means Jesus is at the middle of everything we do. He's at the center. It is not about the show or the dough. It's not about the nickels, the names, and the numbers or how big the church is. Organic Christianity is about amassing disciples and not just crowds. That's good preaching right there. Let me... The preacher ain't raising his voice, but he is laying out some truth right up in here. Mark chapter 16, verse 20, the concluding words of the gospel of Mark, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. I'm ready for signs. Acts chapter two, verse 12. So when they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocked, saying they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose. Say those words right there. Would you do that? These are not drunk. But they are drunk. They're not just drunk. They're just not drunk like you think. So last week I got to this point and I had to stop. 
These are characteristics of drunk people. Y'all seem to enjoy this last week, so I need to, I need to kind of tag off of it because I'm going to use it like a diving board in the next slide. Are you ready? And let me, let me pause right here. Last week I told about my BC days, and I was telling about me being on a Gallivance ferry with some friends and a big old cooler and some fruit cocktail and some Hawaiian punch and some 120 proof or so vodka. And we're about to mix all that together. Called it PJ. Y'all don't need to wave your hand or nod your head if you ever had any. I drank enough for me and you. I want to remind you this was BC days. <laughs> but let me tell you what I learned about PJ. You could drink the fruit juice, the Hawaiian punch, and get drunk. But if you really wanted to get knocked on your can, eat the fruit. I got two people that had a life before Jesus in here. Beverly, is that you having a spell over there? Come on, you're my sister. You want to come up here with me? I'm gonna tell you what, something about that fruit just, just took all that alcohol into it and you could drink that, that Hawaiian punch and man, you could taste the alcohol in it. But Bo, when you started eating that fruit cocktail out of the bottom of that thing, it would knock you backwards. And I'm gonna tell you right now, folks, maybe the world needs to start eating some fruit of the spirit out of us. Because maybe they've seen us do church enough, but we need to feed them the fruit. We need to feed them that fermented Holy Ghost fruit that when they partake of love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, mercy, I ain't getting no help up in here. I'm gonna talk to these people online out there all around the world. I wanna give them the fruit of the Holy Spirit and I want the real fruit of God, the power-packed fruit of God. See, we often try to think it's like it's about phenomena or manifestation. No, if you're gonna walk in the Spirit of God, I'm gonna tell you what, you gotta have it all. You gotta have the PJ, you gotta have the vodka, you gotta have the Hawaiian punch, and you gotta have the fruit. You gotta have the manifestation, you gotta have the gifts of the Spirit, but you gotta have the fruit of the Spirit too. You can't choose and pick what you want. You can't choose and pick. That's why this is not canned Christianity. You don't get what you want out of it. You get when you get to an order, you get to do what the Holy Ghost says to do. These are not drunk as you suppose. They're drunk, but they're not drunk like you thinking. So let's go back and look very quickly. I'm finishing right here. All right, characteristics of drunk people. First thing was, I love you, they're huggers. How many of you ever had a drunk in your family? They get a few drinks into them, they start slobbering and they slurred speech and they come at you, I love you. They all on you and their breasts stank up. Come on, y'all. you like, get off of me. They smell like a brewery. Y'all know I'm telling the truth up in here and the more you try to push them away, the more they just lean on you because they can't stand up, thank you. And then that second bullet, I don't know why y'all laughed so hard at this one last week, but in, in uh, drunk people, when they get a few drinks in them, everybody looks better. Yeah. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm just gonna leave it right there, okay? The third thing is no fear, no hesitation, not a care in the world, no inhibitions. Now that was me, that was me as a drunk. Now, I told y'all the story before. My mom and dad would go to bed early. Mama's here today. She can tell you this is the God's honest truth. And uh, I had to be home by midnight. That was my curfew. 
And my mom and dad are simple small town folk in McCall, so I started coming at 12.05, 12.10. They sound asleep. I started coming in at 12.30. I started coming in at 1. I started coming in at 2. I started staggering in between 2 and 3. Because I told y'all last week, my mentality was, if you can still stand up, you're not through partying yet. I wish I could get some Christians that had that kind of mentality. If you can still stand up, you're not through praying through yet. You know, that's why they used to have mooring benches and stuff in some of the old traditional churches where people would just go sit there and pray and pray. They don't care if they were there all day long, all night long, but they didn't budge off of that bench until they knew God had moved in their situation. Let me tell you something. If you don't have the peace of God that God has moved in that situation, press on, press on, press on. As Pastor Blees would say, plow on, plow on, plow on. So I started coming in at 3 o'clock and I'd pull, ease my car into the driveway on 309 South Marlboro Street. Put that little AMC spirit. I was in the spirit, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. I put that AMC spirit in park and I'd ease out. And this particular night, I'm staggering across the front yard. And I'd get about halfway across the front yard and the porch light came on. Now, folks, this was 1982-ish. They didn't have those motion sensor lights on back then. If the light came on, there was somebody motioning that switch on the other side of the wall. So when that light came on, I just froze. The door opened up, and my mama walked out. Seemed like she had rollers in her hair and a nightgown on. And she looked at me. She didn't say, how dare you? She didn't say, son, come in and let's pray. She said, Edward, come look at your son drunk. (laughs) And then I did the exact thing that drunk people do. I laughed. Because that's up here, isn't it? Drunk people laugh at everything. Slurred speech. They got me in there, set me down in the living room. I'm on one side of the room. Mama and is on the other side. And I'm trying to talk to them in a slurred speech. You know what I'm saying? I ain't getting no help up in here. <laughs> then when they told me to go to my room, I'm still staggering. I'm staggering down the hallway. She made me get up for church the next morning. I was sick, hung over. She drugged me out of the bed, and I went to church just as high as I was the night before. Wasn't no question was I going. The question was, were you going to live to tell about it? Thank God for a praying mama that don't take no junk. Amen? So that's characteristics of drunk people. Well, how many of y'all know the Bible says as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit? It's a principle, it's a concept. God will do something in the natural and let you see how it's gonna be demonstrated or manifest in the spirit. So as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit, then these are the characteristics of a drunk church. I love you. They're huggers. I ain't getting no help up in here. Because see, when I used to get tight, I didn't care. Gender didn't matter to me. Color didn't matter to me. If you my boy, you my boy. We'd come over here to Laurenburg, and if one of us got in a fight, all of us are jumping in. 
I ain't getting no help up in here. That's why usually, I'm sorry, you Bennettsville folks, same thing over in Bennettsville. People be parked outside there at McDonald's in Bennettsville and about two carloads of us McCall boys would pull up in there and get out of our cars. People would get in their cars and leave. They didn't want none of that. That's back when McCall still had a little rough edge to it. Because you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That's what happens when we are spiritually drunk. God puts us together. We're in this thing together. We love one another. And you know what? We just don't love people who are like us. We love people who are not like us. We're not judgmental. I ain't getting no help up in here. We're not judgmental. We're not prejudiced. We're not drawing lines and letting certain socioeconomic levels in. We're not letting certain color skins in. I ain't we're not just letting certain genders in. You know what? When you are drunk in the spirit of God, you love everybody. Come on now. On the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came in that upper room, those people got out in the streets and Peter preached this message and if they are not drunk as you suppose, 3,000 people came to Christ in one day. What else we got here? Everybody looks better when you're drunk in, in church. People, let me tell you something. We can see people's significance better when we're drunk in the spirit. No fear, no hesitation, not a care in the world, no inhibitions. Let me tell you something. Church folk, when they get high in the spirit, when they get caught up in the spirit, they become bold. Mm, I think about David going out there after Goliath and he stops at that brook and he picks up five smooth stones and he drops it down in the shepherd's pouch and he pulls out that sling and he started a little dialogue. He told that, that, that big old eight, ten, nine, nine, ten foot giant, he said, you come at me with a spear and a sword, but I come at you in the name of the Lord and the Bible says he took off running at them. You know why? That's what the church needs to do today. We've had every group in society come out of the woodwork as far as being non-Christians and the Christians went into hiding like we're not supposed to talk about this stuff. Well, people, let me tell you something. That's one of the problems. Listen, if somebody tries to tell me something that's not in the book, I'm gonna ask you why and who said. And if you can't tell me, I don't wanna hear what Biden's got to say. I don't wanna hear what Trump's got to say. I don't wanna hear what Kamala's got to say. I wanna know what J-E-S-U-S has got to say. That's what I'm gonna put my life on. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a praise up in here. You know what? Because we're moving in the power of the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna be bold about it. And the next thing is, drunk people at church, they laugh about everything. You know why? Because we got Holy Ghost inspired joy. Not happiness, joy. See, happiness means everything's got to be functioning at a certain level for you to remain happy. So if your car tears up, you're not happy anymore. If your microwave dies, you're not happy anymore. If you go home and your dog's thrown up on the floor, you're not happy anymore. But let me tell you about joy, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Come on, somebody. This joy that I have is bigger than me. This joy that I have came from a supernatural source. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Where are we at? Uh, slurred speech, we talk in tongues, we prophesy, we give words of wisdom and words of knowledge. We're staggering all over the place. Here's what I like. We're on the move. We're driven by the Spirit of God, not confined to the bar. What's the bar to us? If we're coming to drink of the Holy Spirit, the bar is the church. 
I told you last week that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter two, the scripture tells us when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's when everything broke loose. And I shared this with you last week that Pentecost is a harvest festival. It's about a harvest. It's amazing to me, y'all, that when the Holy Ghost blew in that room with those 120, he just didn't let them sit around in there, Rhonda, Shonda, lay hands on each other all day long because that's what most churches do. You know what he did? He sent them out the door. He's like, all right, you've drank enough here. Now take what you got and get outside take it to somebody else. They went out in the street. So let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost is really moving on his church, then his church is not just wanting to hang out inside of a holy huddle. We can't wait to get out and share what he's done in us. Somebody give him a praise up in here. I believe it's time for the church to get drunk again. Come on, somebody, it's time for the church to get drunk again. And I want to go ahead and say this, as far as I'm concerned, Northview Harvest Ministries is a church on fire. A church on fire. Hallelujah. Woo. dare somebody without any music or anything yet we may have some of that in a minute but I dare anybody right now say Lord set me on fire set me on fire I just wonder if somebody would just lift your voice up to the Lord for a moment spirit of the living God hallelujah Lord, let me be your kindling today. Let me be your kindling today. Let me be your kindling today. Holy Spirit of God, overshadow me. Let the fire of God be real. Set it in my bones, God, so I can't sleep. I can't stop. I can't not talk about it, huh? I wonder if there's anybody in this room right now, right where you are, if you just lift your hands toward heaven and just say, Lord, fill me fresh right now. Just fill me fresh right now.
Acts chapter 4 says you shook the place where they sat and prayed. I wouldn't mind you shaking this place. I wouldn't mind for you shaking every church in this region, God. Holy Spirit. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Prime the pump in our soul, Lord. Prepare the kindling on the altar of our hearts, Lord God. Spirit of God, do something that we would have never dreamed. Something so mag so magnificent, so stupendous that it can only supernaturally by you. Hallelujah. If you need healing in your body, if you have somebody in your family that is lost and separated from God, if you are hungry for more of Jesus, if you just want to see the kingdom demonstrated to a greater degree, why don't you run up to this altar and just spend a few moments with the Lord God Almighty and let the Ruach, let it just hover over you and breathe upon you. Hallelujah. Praise team, y'all can come up and just lead us wherever you want to lead us. Oh, Lord God. Come on, people. Eat the fruit. Eat the fruit. The love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness. Hallelujah. Eat the fruit.
are you willing to let go of your hopes, your dreams, my this, my that? Are you willing to let go? I can't fill you up unless you let it go. I have to be in control. I know what's best for you. Are you willing to let go? Are you willing to trust me in ways you have never trusted me before? Can you do that? Can you do that? Then I can fill you up. I can fill you up with things you've never dreamed of. I can fill you up with paths you've never walked before. I can fill you up. I am God, and I am God alone. But can you let go? You've got to let go. You say you're going to let go, but you're not doing it. You've got to let go. You've got to let go now. I'm coming soon. I'm sending my son soon. You've got to let go. Let me fill you up with me, all of me, my fire, my wind, my spirit, my glory. Let me fill you up and see what I can do in you, around you, with you, and for you.
worship, continue to let Holy Spirit continue His work. You're welcome to stay. If you're a senior saint, we welcome you to come stay for the senior saints luncheon, ages 60 and up today in the Philippines.